Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host, your favorite co-host is back. John Garcia, Jr., Director of Football Recruiting at Sports Illustrated. And as always, these episodes with John Garcia are brought to you by LinkedIn. Get the applicants you need faster and for free at LinkedInJobs.com. We're going to be talking about Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC if they, in fact, don't go until 2025. How does that affect football and conference and how does that affect both schools from a recruiting standpoint? And then we're going to talk about where do Texas and OU stack up in the SEC right now and moving forward. But first, we have to talk about a little bit of breaking news we got a few days ago. And that's when Arch and his camp announced that Arch Manning will be enrolling early at the University of Texas. He will be on campus in January. Is that something or nothing, John? I think it's something. Um, I I think there was legitimate smoke that Arch may not enroll early. Not only is he at a private school, uh, so academically not easy to do, but this this is a team first player in every sport, including basketball. And and Isidore Newman High School won state last year, so there was certainly some buzz about him potentially helping his teammates, uh, you know, defend that state title. But look, from a business standpoint, from a quarterbacking standpoint. From a brand standpoint, which as much as he won't admit, you know, he is, you got to get in early. You just have to do it. Spring ball is a must uh, for a freshman that's going to have the overwhelmingly over the top unfair expectations that he's going to have. Even if Quinn continues to play well and everything's good, however that looks, there's still going to be an unreasonable amount of expectation. The first time Arch has that Longhorn helmet on, and he's throwing a ball in practice. It could be with no shoulder pads on. It's going to be a thing, right? Local news, it might be national at that point. I mean, it is going to be a bit of a circus, just like his recruitment coverage was. So getting in early ahead of that curve as much as possible, I think will be advantageous to him and his camp. And that's part of the reason why I think this is uh, the right decision for Arch. No disrespect to his basketball career. But he was a backup, more of a role player kind of deal. Um, says a lot about his character. Again, uh, as, as we've talked about on this show for, for the last year, it feels like. But in terms of his future, that is certainly the best decision for him and the best situation for Texas. So if Quinn is in cruise control at that point, you, you want to fire, right? You want something to push him. He, he, he emerged from this really seemingly close competition with Hudson Card this year uh so why not light a, a similar fire at least competitively with arch manning next year it's it's certainly for the betterment of the team it's the for the betterment of the depth at texas and obviously for the foundation of manning's future in austin yeah i said uh arch manning saw how bad quinn ewers was against oklahoma state and said let me make this interesting let me get on campus immediately <laughs> the timing is interesting there i will say that <laughs> so talking about texas and oklahoma to the sec uh the big 12 commissioner came out and said he fully expects and both schools are in agreement to stay in the big 12 until 2025 their exit date it could be smoke and mirrors but we're going to assume you know, on this podcast, at least today, you know, that that's law and that they're going to be in the Big 12 until 2025. First, from a football and, and just conference standpoint between the Big 12 and SEC. And then secondly, from a recruiting standpoint, how would Texas and Oklahoma staying in the Big 12 until 2025 affect both schools? Yeah, I think from a football standpoint, it's it's more of the same, right? Every year going into the season, these are the two teams that we talk about the most, and, and that won't change uh, with another year or two extra there uh, in the Big 12. So, so that's all status quo to me. The playoffs still in front of you, conference titles 
still in front of you, all of that remains the same. I think it's a bigger impact on the recruiting side, obviously, right? Because you are selling to a degree, you are selling the future in the SEC and creating this first super conference that is the unquestioned number one conference in college football. I think the SEC is number one right now, but it is questioned, right? You know, the Big Ten has their moments at times. The ACC uh, five plus years ago was in that conversation. I mean, heck, the Big 12 on field this year uh, has an argument against anyone just in terms of depth there at the top. But I I think overall, those two brands uh, will, will enforce the SEC as the unquestioned top conference. So I do think that delay in recruiting is something, you know, to keep an eye on, right? Because if you're selling Arch Manning in this class of 2023, now you're saying you you will have to be here at least three years to experience that full SEC schedule. Not a huge deal for them. They're already on board, but it's just not the same angle that it was six months ago where you're like, hey, by the time you're ready to roll, we'll be in Death Valley and it'll be this huge deal, you know, LSU at night or at Bama, whatever it's going to be. Uh, of course, they they have at Bama next year anyway, but in, in a conference setting. So I do think that's where it's affected a little bit more. It's just the sell. It, it's not the be all end all. I think when you talk about big time programs in the SEC, that does come up oftentimes in recruiting. But it's never the first thing. Uh, if a kid picks South Carolina or Missouri, they're not like, well, at least I get to play in the SEC. That's how we might look at it to a degree. Um, but really, you know, it, it comes secondary or even somewhere thereafter in terms of why a kid's making a decision. I, I haven't heard a kid say, you know, I was down to Georgia and USC and I picked Georgia be- only because it was the SEC. So it's important and it certainly sells. I mean, the numbers are there, whether you talk about NFL players Certainly, if you talk about national titles, all that stuff, absolutely, it is an improvement over the Big 12. There's no doubt about it. But individually, it's not something that's going to push a recruit over the top, especially when it's such a brand name like Texas or Oklahoma or USC or Ohio State. It doesn't hurt those schools very consistently on the trail. So another year or two before you can get rid of that part of the process, I don't think it's going to have a a ton of impact, but it will have a little bit. So – what you're saying is, or, or correct me if I'm wrong, that maybe the SEC recruiting advantage is overblown. And what type of advantage do you think Texas would get in recruiting by joining the SEC? Or is that overblown as well? Well, look, the, the bottom half of the SEC chants SEC as much as they chant their own name, right? So I think for that grouping, it, it's not overblown. I, I think it does matter more for Missouri and Vanderbilt and Mississippi State than it does for Georgia and Alabama. I mean, it, it's it's very clear in that regard, but I am assuming Texas and Oklahoma won't be in that tier when they get to the SEC to where that becomes such a big part of the narrative. Um, you know, when Texas A&M went into the SEC, that became, it felt like everything's different now with their recruiting because they were on that bubbling middle tier where you're like, well, maybe this pushes them over the top. Not the case, but maybe this pushes them over the top. Texas and Oklahoma aren't in that group with respect to all schools uh, involved here. So I think if you're Missouri a couple years ago joining the SEC, absolutely. This is a no-brainer. Everything changes in how we approach recruiting. Texas and Oklahoma, I I think it'll be different, but not drastically different. Great point. So when you look at it currently, you know, Texas and OU will be in the SEC at some point. And the SEC is still as tough as ever. I mean, when you look at it, if you're talking about the fourth and fifth best teams in the conference, 
being Ole Miss and LSU, you know, whatever order you want to put them in, that's pretty daunting, you know, because I think both of those teams could, you know, come in and compete in the Big 12 right away right now. And so where do you see Texas and OU stacking up in the SEC currently and then moving forward? Well, obviously, there's going to have to be – I wish we'd get some clarity on the the divisions or the pods or whatever that's going to be because I think that is going to help us try to formulate just how good and how soon these programs are going to be able to really make a splash in their new conference. But as things are currently constructed, assuming one or both of these teams is going into the West, man, it's going to be tough, right? Uphill, best division in college football. I mean, there's really no – way around that um, but in terms of the overall long-standing appeal they're going to be in the top tier I, I i have a hard time believing you know oklahoma's going to stay however down they are at this point we all see the progress at texas under steve sarkeesian so i i just have a hard time thinking no disrespect again to the Missouris of the world who i keep bringing up i'll throw south carolina in heck i'll throw florida in at this point no disrespect to those schools, but I think the brand, the recruiting footprint today and the expanded footprint once they are in the SEC full time with these schools is going to be too much, almost overwhelmingly uh, top heavy to push them anywhere beyond that second tier. I'm not saying that Georgia Bama tier has has felt solidified for five, six, seven plus years at this point. Uh, I'm not saying they'll threaten that tier just yet. But I think they're going to be right under that. I think they're going to be in that Ole Miss. You you mentioned it, that Ole Miss, LSU, uh, A&M kind of tier where every couple of years you feel like they've got a legitimate chance to represent their, their side of the coin. However, again, those, those divisions and pods are eventually constructed. I mean, look, Texas is just from a recruiting standpoint, top five class this year, more targets uh, on the way in theory w- without the SEC. So, uh, again, if if that trajectory continues, and Oklahoma's been right in that top ten bubble, you know, forever, it seems like if they can continue on that front, then everything's going to be just fine in terms of where their place is in the SEC because it is, it is still a talent industry that that we all love to watch on Saturdays. It is a talent player led uh, industry, and and these programs, even though their coaching staffs are are relatively young at their current posts by the time they they do get to the SEC, assuming it's still Sark and Venables at these two schools, obviously there'll be more of an identity. Things will be more figured out and, and we'll have a better idea of the staying power once they do arrive. Cause you don't want to make a transition like that while you're trying to build and find a new identity uh, from a coaching perspective, that would be a, a bit of a disaster in my mind. Yeah. You talked about, I'm going to get you out of here on this. You talked about that top uh, five and maybe at six right now, but Anyway, a really good recruiting class, 2023 recruiting class for the Texas Longhorns. And, you know, it's funny to say because it's college football, but we're bracing ourselves for one of the craziest off seasons we've ever seen. Might not yeah. might be the craziest off season we've ever seen in, in college football with uh, the transfer portal, NIL, you know, national signing day, you know, flip watches, all of that. It, it, it's going to be a madhouse. Right. Texas currently Absolutely. is sitting at. Yeah, Texas is currently sitting at five and three unranked. And we've seen some good and we've seen some bad, you know, just being honest. How do you think Texas has to finish this season to keep that strong recruiting class intact? I don't think there's a specific number unless I guess unless there's no increase in the win column. If you lose out, I do think you'll start to see some some attrition here. Uh, but look, I, I think this is a, a group that um, that has bought in. Um, it, it's very much 
aligned with that Texas footprint. It's not a, a recruiting class where you're sprinkling so far out of the region on a consistent basis where you start to say, man, if this thing unravels, these guys X, Y, Z are going to be, um, you know, first ones to, to potentially flip. I don't think it's that simple with Texas in this cycle. I think they understand the long-term vision. I think the Arch Manning appeal, uh, it, it remains. I'd be shocked, shocked, shocked if there was a decommitment, even a consideration of a decommitment there from his camp, just based on those around him and the branding that he has clearly bought into at this point. Uh, so I think barring something catastrophic like that, you're losing out or losing Arch, I, I do think this is going to be a top 10 class. And, and Texas is going to finish, you know, well over 500 and, and closer to what we expected preseason than what we saw in 2021. So I don't know if there's a number, um, but you obviously can't lose out. Uh, and, and you got to, you know, you got to get back into to the, the little numbers next to your name. You got to get ranked again, uh, finish the season out strongly. And look, the, the two losses or the three losses now, they're all close. I mean, they're all right there. There's no... Um, there's no overwhelming like letdown from start to finish that Texas has put on on the field this year. So it tells me they're going to stay competitive. And, and it doesn't mean the loss column won't increase, but you just don't expect it to very often uh, here going forward, even in this kind of gauntlet that we talked about that Texas is, is playing within uh, relative to their schedule. Yeah, I'll tell you what, right now, if Texas loses out, that, that episode I put out before the Baylor game might be the last episode I ever do. You know what I'm saying? I might never see me again because I couldn't handle that. Great stuff, as always, from my co-host, John Garcia, Director of Football Recruiting at Sports Illustrated. And as always, hook them. Peace.